Hi, welcome to episode 551 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott, and my existential crisis is over. And that's why I'm back. Okay, not really. Elroy was caught peeing in the coffee pot in the break room, and they had to let him go, so they asked me back. In every episode of the Fantastic Forecast, I'll be talking about a different issue of the Fantastic Four, starting with issue 1 and going all the way to issue 645. Today it's Fantastic Four 551 from January 2008. Epilogue, Chapter 1, The Beginning of the End, by Dwayne McDuffie, who never met a long title he didn't like, and Paul Pelletier, and I'm still too lazy to make sure I'm pronouncing that correctly. So the regular FF are back together, and in my memory, the Black Panther and Storm were on the team much longer. That was like, really just a few days in their time. What's the deal with that? First, Power Man is on the team for three issues, and now Storm and Black Panther are on the team for only seven. Huh. I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist or nothing, but uh... Oh, the issue begins 75 years into the future, in the year 2083. I suppose. I assume this is the future where America is great again. We're at Platform 42. No, not the gay bar with the male go-go dancers on 42nd Street. It's a nice place. But a high security prison in the middle of the ocean. The place is guarded with androids, with guns, and down a long tube on the floor of the ocean is the actual prison so deep that if you go outside, the pressure would crush you. We learn this is the last prison on Earth. Convicted felons now have a choice of going through psychological readjustment therapy, which was legalized in the year 2019 by President Pence, or they can choose a one-way ticket to the colonies of another planet outside of our solar system. I would choose the psychological readjustment therapy myself, unless it involves attaching wires to my balls. Then I'd be like, send me anywhere but here. There's only six people incarcerated at, on Platform 42. Well, make that five. One of them just escaped. A beat-up robot guard calls Dr. Richards on his communicator. Or his phone. I think we might be getting an early look at the iPhone 62. We see Reed is in his lab working, and yes, he's still alive, which makes him something like 115 years old or so. He gets a call saying that Dr. Doom has escaped. And 75 years in the past, back in the good old year of 2008, the Fantastic Four are flying around in the Fantastic Car, and they've just finished fighting with Diablo. A story that I don't think exists. It's like there's a missing 2008 annual somewhere. The team kicked Diablo's ass, of course, and Johnny's excited. Reed was calculating, Sue was shielding, Ben was clobbering, and I was on fire. Johnny says. You know, basically, he's admitting that he didn't really do anything, except for fly around on fire looking pretty. But before they can relax, an alarm goes off. It's some kind of temporal disturbance in the area. Reed and Johnny go run, and they check on the time machine, which looks recently used. How do I know this? Because the time machine is smoking. You know, it's not a gun, it's a time machine. Why is it smoking? Although I think the DeLorean in the Back to the Future movie smoked after being used, so maybe that's a thing. 
in another room. The thing comes busting through the wall. I guess they don't have doors anymore? Why is he busting through the wall? He's joined by Sue and the kids, and sitting there waiting are Alicia, the Black Panther, and Namer, the Submariner. Ben says Namer looks like hell. Well, he does look like hell, because he looks really, really old. Plus, he's got a goatee. An actual goatee, not a Van Dyke, but a full-on goatee. And of course, we learned our lesson from Star Trek that if you have a goatee, that makes you evil. Reed and Johnny enter the room, and Reed figures this namer must be from the future. And Black Panther takes off his mask, and he's old too, and he's got a beard. And I was thinking, if you're wearing a mask that covers your face, and you have a big giant fluffy beard, wouldn't that make your face look all lumpy when you're wearing the mask? So anyway, they're not alone. A third person reveals himself. It's Dr. Doom. Or should I call him Doom 2083? Ben's first instinct is to try to punch Dr. Doom, but Doom raises his hand, Ben hits a force field, and he collapses to the ground in pain. Never presume to lay hands on me again, brute, Dr. Doom says. Reed's impressed with Doom's force field, and he asks, What year will I invent this? Ouch, he really burned Doom 2083 with that one. Doom admits that the technology is based on something that Reed invented, but Doom has improved greatly upon with his superior intellect. If his intellect was so superior, wouldn't he be inventing this stuff instead, instead of just improving it? The Panther says that he and Namer have come with Doom to convince the FF that, well first he asked for Alicia to take the kids to another room. Sue is not eager to trust Dr. Doom. She's still kind of pissed off that he kidnapped her son and took him to hell. Parents kind of remember things like that, even though Reed is more willing to hear him out. She wants to hear what Namer has to say, and he says that Dr. Doom defied the authorities, enlisted Black Panther and himself, and stalled the time machine to come back and ask for Reed's help to save the world. Doom points out that he didn't steal the time machine, it's his. Reed asks, save the world from what? T'Challa says, from you. We've come to save the world from you. Reed asks, what has he done? But Namer says, it's what he's about to do. I thought that Reed had that complicated math formula that told him the future. Shouldn't he know what's about to happen? Doom says, enough of this. Which way to your private sanctuary, Richards? The evidence of your treachery will be found there. And they head into another room, and it's Reed's office, the one that's covered in mathematical equations. On the floor, the ceiling, uh, everywhere. Because apparently Reed has never heard of a notebook or a computer. Oh, and then Johnny makes a joke about how he should have gotten Reed a notebook. Ugh, Dwayne McDuffie, you're one step ahead of me every time. Ben acts like he didn't even know that room was there. You know, when I was a kid, I discovered that our house had a secret room, which is where my parents had my evil twin brother locked up. Maybe he should host this podcast sometime. Foreshadowing? Question mark. Johnny wonders why Doom knows about this room, and he and Ben don't. 
Doom says that in the future, the room and its contents will be infamous. Ben and Johnny figure this room has ideas that Reed and Tony Stark used to improve the world during Civil War. Sue says it was to save the world. I say it was to annoy the world. Reed tries to tell Ben and Johnny that he's been too busy to tell them about this room. Too busy? Open the door, say, hey look guys, it's a room. Okay, there, that's five seconds. Too busy for that? The thing that has Dr. Doom concerned is Reed's idea 101. You know, I have a notebook filled with ideas, and my idea 101 is that McDonald's should replace the buns on their Big Mac with blocks of cheese. Tasty. So Doom says they've come back in time to prevent Plan 101 from ever happening. I just don't understand how Doom and the Black Panther are still alive after all these years. Namer I can understand, since he's a mutant, and he lives a long time, or maybe he lives a long time because he does, he's an Atlantean. Actually, I don't understand why Namer lives so long either. Ben looks like he's itching for a fight, and figures clobbering three old men might be pretty easy. But one of these old men, Black Panther, says that they've come to convince the FF not to fight them, to stop Reed from implementing Plan 101. Namer and Black Panther go on about how horrible things happen because of Plan 101, and Ben's like, Reed, what's Plan 101? Reed replies, it's simple, fix everything. Reed says it means he wants to end hunger, poverty, disease, and war, increase freedom, maximize potential, both individually and collectively, create opportunities to challenge and enrich the human spirit. Ben says he remembers Reed talking like that in college about building a utopia. I didn't know Reed smoked the reefer in college. Reed says that he's more practical now. He can't build a utopia, but he can make the world a vastly better place. The Black Panther reveals that Plan 101 was a success. He ended disease, stopped war and hunger, everyone had unlimited wealth, and humanity worshipped Reed for it. But Reed didn't handle it so well. He started acting erratic, and Sue left him for another man. Guess who? The Submariner, yes. So Namor apologizes for screwing Reed's wife in the future, but Reed takes it all like an adult by shooting old Namor in the face with some kind of ray gun. See? Problem solved, Reed says as everyone else looks on down at Namor's headless body laying on the floor. And that is some cliffhanger. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter, Dave Elliott at podcastff. And you can download other episodes of iTunes and find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over. Right now, he's probably slow dancing with a beach blonde tramp, and she's probably getting thirsty. Right now, he's probably buying her some fruity little drink, cause she can't shoot whiskey. Right now, he's probably up behind her with a blue stick, showing her how to shoot a combo. And he don't know.